This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Once again, I have as my guest Apostle Don Beasley. He's a senior pastor of Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. Don Beasley is what I classify as an eagle, and uh, eagle-saving nations that is soon going to come on the horizon as we're kicking off that ministry. And uh, eagles-saving nations, remember that name. It's going to sweep the United States. But Don Beasley, I believe, is an eagle. He's an Issachar. I've preached in his church and uh, his church is aware of the times and seasons we're in, and they're fully prepared to do proper battle. They're fully prepared to be, again, aware of what's going on so they're not taken by surprise, so they're not running in panic, but they can, again, face the future with certainty, understanding what God says, and also making proper preparation, and knowing that only the church can stop the insanity sweeping not only America, but the rest of the world today. Only the church, only eagles. Uh, Don, welcome back to the Warning Radio program. Morning. How are you doing today? Doing well. Um, and uh, we talked, and you said you had a good Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving. And I hope all of you out there also had a good Thanksgiving. Because, again, uh, we can be grateful for what God has done in our lives, in our families' lives, in this nation, and why we have the freedom to still continue to speak openly on radio, television, like we do today. And we want to keep that freedom. And that's why the church must rise up and do what only the church can do, be true ambassadors of Jesus Christ, life, liberty, and property. So, Don, uh, the power of hope— I think uh, the Lord just uh, spoke that into my spirit. I, I think uh, that is an important topic today because uh, the world is being flooded. I mean, if you want to look at Germany, if you want to look at uh, Australia and others that are really coming and putting tyranny into their nations, uh, Australia is even using the military to go door-to-door, and force people either into vaccinations or into concentration camps. What we're seeing all over the world can be very depressing, can be discouraging, Don? Yes, it certainly can. I I, I have limited myself from watching the news, uh, and I'm speaking very, very carefully what I 
watch it. I make sure that I fill myself on the word of God and his promises of what's going on about what our task is during this time so that I can fill my spirit with encouragement and strength because I'm, it, it's, it is depressing to watch. It seems that uh, everybody acts like there's nothing they can do about it and it's just going to happen and whatever. And that's really not true. No, it's not true somebody at all. Just, somebody just last night asked me about it. You know, they, they they were concerned. We had prayer last night, and a, a lady asked me about it. And they said, you know, um, I grew up on a farm, and we had a few sheep, not not a lot of them, but, you know, sheep are really, there's a reason the Lord calls, the Bible refers to us as sheep, and we have to have shepherds, and, and we need under-shepherds under the great shepherd, uh, because sheep are really, not, they're not very bright. To be honest, I mean, if you really want to know the streets about it, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, and one of the things about sheep that's really like if you stood by the barn and you slapped the sheep on the rear when they're uh, a long line of them were coming through, if one of them jumped at this spot, if there was a hundred more sheep behind them, every one of them jumped at that same spot. They don't know why they just did because the one that they saw the butt in front of them jump, so they jumped. Uh, it's really kind of, uh, and you got to be really careful. They're prone to fear like you can't believe. You can jump out in front of a sheep and they'll drop over dead. My goodness. You got to be really careful. And so I think that's a lot of what we're dealing with. So what we have to make sure that we we have to really watch this fear thing. It's being, And I mean, it's being, it's being fed to us like on steroids from every aspect uh, right now. Yeah, well, I totally agree. And those that are listening again, I have Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Don Beasley um, is a warrior. He doesn't put his head in the, stand, in, in the sand. He understands the Word of God, and he understands we must stand on the Word of God. Be encouraged, because this thing is not over. You know, Don, I just taught on Hanukkah and the Maccabees, and mm-hmm. against insurmountable odds, insurmountable odds, uh, the people of God rose up and had freedom for another 200 years against insurmountable odds. Done? Right. That's exactly, I mean, that's, that, I think that's the backdrop of the entire Bible when you look at it. It seems that's what God, you know, when God says, like in Psalms, he says he sits on his throne and laughs while the nations, you know, rage against me and, and he said he sits on his throne and laughs because God by himself is the majority. He doesn't have to have anybody else with him at all. And what we don't understand is, is that the great stories of the Bible that we love, I mean, I don't care what you're talking about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, and the lion's den, you know, Mordecai and Esther. You just go through the entire Bible, even Jesus as a, as a baby. And you discover that when the whole world is against what God's doing. God always has a remnant of people, and he always shows how powerful and mighty he is. And he, he changes entire nations and strategies in a moment's time. But what we, I think where we really get, we like to teach that as far as faith is concerned, and we want to make declarations and prophesy and do all this stuff. The reality, though, is that all the great prophets of Israel went into captivity with the people. That's right. And it was from captivity. Before captivity, nobody would hear their message. In captivity, people began to warm to it. And as they came out of captivity, the people adopted the message that they had of faith. 
And so, or in God, you have to honor God. And it wasn't all up to God. You actually had to follow him. And so I, I tell our people all the time, you know, when you find yourself almost in a lion's den, almost in the fire, I guess no matter where you are, instead of running away, embrace it. Because it's in, when you're at the end of what you can do, God begins what he can do. Well, that's, and, that's exactly right. And it's like so Watchman, Watchman Nee. He talks about this in, in one of his books and how the minister of the gospel, before the minister of the gospel can be effective, he has to be broken. He has to embrace what God is trying to accomplish in his life so he can really flow with the Spirit of God and he can touch and feel the needs of the people. He has to be broken. And God is continually breaking our, if we want to say, our pride. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit can work through us, Don. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, you're talking about you're going to do this thing on eagle saving nations, you know. And I, I think when I think of nations today, I've really been thinking about the word nations, and that's a powerful word, but generations is another word I see throughout the Bible that we sometimes don't, we don't bother with too much. And uh, we find these different generations and a generation is a period of time. And one of the things I think that has stood out to me is that time is a construct that doesn't exist with God. It only exists with us. So God has, God has had to mark out time through all the different things that are here on earth, through the stars, the moon and all that stuff. Or else, because God doesn't have a beginning, He doesn't have an end. He doesn't even need. To, he doesn't even keep track of time, because there's no need to. And so, this construct of time is we get really messed up on it. But that's why God works in these generations, which are constructs of time that tries to help us understand how He works. And so, like in all over, like, there, like in Proverbs here, it says, "There's a generation that curses its father, and does not bless its mother." that's pure in its own eyes, yet not washed from its own filthiness. Generation, how lofty are their eyes, their eyelids are lifted up. This is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Right? That, that was written a thousand years before Christ was born, but it certainly sounds like today. Amen. Uh, and it, it, it mimics Second Timothy 3, where it talks about the perilous times of the last days. And, and the ending of that is that people have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And I think that's really where we're at today is that we, we're, we're being turned away from these forms of godliness. We, we, see, we see godless people trying to, trying to grasp power. That's what they're after is power. They want the power to control. And God is telling his people that turn away from the forms of godliness and let me show you what real power is. But but in order to walk in his power, we have to be completely repentant and we have to have humility. Totally. And I, and I think, so we're talking about through repentance, humility comes. And, and that's what always happens. If you look when Israel's in captivity, they cried and prayed and cried and prayed and nothing happened. But what all of a sudden one day they would find the word of God, read it. They would rent their clothes, repent, and God would move quickly after that. Repentance is what brings about God's faithfulness of his promise and, and, and God to, and God to um, exercise his power well, uh, that we need to see. Through, through repentance again, through repentance, 
Nations are saved through repentance. Generations are restored. And uh, right. that is so true. That's what revival is. That's what stops judgment is repentance. Now, you know, Don, I've thought long and hard about it. And there's many things a Christian leader must do to fulfill their responsibility of leadership. But I believe one of the greatest things we do is to paint a picture of everlasting hope among the people. You know, the Bible says hope is the anchor of the soul. I just want to read Hebrews 6, 17 through 19. It says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hope, as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So I'd like to say that hope is the fuel for the soul. It's the fuel, Don. The church must have hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the reality, you know, that, that we really need to have, um, in hope in everything. And I like, I like what the Bible says about Abraham. When Abraham was at a, when it says when he was, he had a promise of having a child, but in his mind, he was past the ability for that. And it said that he hoped against hope. And I think that, that, we, that we need to teach our people in the church today and all over that that's exactly what we need to do. Because it is so easy when you're being inundated with message, with, with, with you know, with lies and and uh, falsehoods about everything on every side and fear that there's nothing you could do. It's almost like in the Bible, they'd say, uh, where is this God of yours now? Yes. That's what, that's the question that's being asked now. Yes. You know, all of the, all of the heroes of the Bible, the heroes of the Bible, the ones you mentioned and others, you know, Gideon and Esther and Moses and David and Samson and on and on. The one thing they had was hope. They were not defeated. They had hope that God could do the impossible. And the church must have hope today. The Maccabees had hope. And again, they overturned tyranny, another 200 years of freedom. Done? Right, exactly. When you think of, like, when I think of, like, when I think of this kind of hope that you're just talking about, one of my favorite places is, is Daniel. Daniel, he's probably, they said he was probably 12, 13 years old when he goes into captivity to Babylon. But they believe that Daniel probably heard Jeremiah give the prophecy that said 70 years they'll be in captivity. And then when he finds that in captivity, he, uh, he begins to call the God. He calls the God. He said, you you said 70 years and, and that time's coming up. Right. So it, when that, when that happens there is like when Daniel goes in the lines and he's like 85 years old, he's an old man. And, and that, gives, that gives me so much hope and courage as a man of God today, of my, where I am in my age or whatever. But he, he had hope because God made a promise. And that's the one thing I think when you read through the Bible, God makes promises and he always keeps his word. And that's where our hope comes from. We're in a time right now that we don't understand and we can't really determine all the ins and outs of it. But we have the promise of God that he will have a people. And that ought to give us hope. 
to rise up and just be what he's called us to do. In the beginning of this year, we have, we have prayer for 21 days every year at the beginning of the year. And so I lay out for people in this year, the theme of our whole 21 days of intercessory prayer is to turn the page, to turn the page of the scriptures so that we get God's promise and God's word over all this other stuff that's going on. That's where we really need to focus on what has God said, not what other people are saying. You know, we could say that the gospel is anchored upon the message of hope. We have a blessed hope of the return of Jesus Christ for his church. You know, Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So hope is what people need most. If you're going to be an effective leader, hope must be continually deposited in empty, hurting hearts. And parents, you must give your children hope. They might feel discouraged. They might be doing wrong for or, or, or not not doing excelling in their school, but you must give them hope so they don't be discouraged, so they don't give up. People need hope, Don. People need hope. Amen. I, I, when you say that, I, it reminds me of this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. It said, men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts it in to all argument because God wanted to make this, the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchanging things, which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf and has become a great high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So yes, it's exactly right. It is Hope is the anchor for our soul. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. You know, as Christian leaders, we must never lose sight of the fact we are in the hope business. Amen. Let me say it again. The effective Christian leader must constantly bring a message of hope. That is what Every leader, every person should have in their heart is hope. Again, I go back to the family. Parents must allow their children to have hope. It doesn't matter if they're not doing well. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. I mean, some people can't do real well in school, but if you give that child hope so he doesn't lose his confidence or he doesn't look down on himself, that person will still have victory in their life. Done? Yep. Amen. I, we, we just did a series of messages here. We, one of the first, it was about seven things you need to do to be able to win the days of your life. And the very first one is if you want to, you have to rewrite your story. You know, that that's the thing. We have a story that's been written and it's full of all kinds of things, but God has another story. And uh, what was really interesting is I, I did, I found this story after I was done, but it speaks to what you're saying, why people need hope and what hope does for people. It was about Thomas Edison. He went to school, and when he went to school, uh, the teacher sent him home after a few days with a letter and said, give this to your mother and have only your mother read it. 
And uh, he gave it to his mom as she read it. And he asked her, what does it say? And she got down on her knees and looked him in the eye. And she said, Thomas, it says that you're a genius. And they have nobody at the school smart enough to teach you. <laughs> Therefore, they, they sent you home for me to teach you here. Wow. Right? So he goes on. Everybody knows the story. But when his mother died and he was cleaning out her estate, he found that letter in the corner of the drawer. And he read it. And what it really said is, your son is an idiot. He is so stupid. There's no one here that can teach him anything. And send him home for you to try your hand to teach him. So his mother was bright enough. You know they had to break her heart when she read that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But in that moment, she rewrote the script for the story of his life. Gave him home and the rest of his history. Can you imagine what would have happened if she had read that letter to that boy? Oh, my. He he wouldn't have uh, been the great inventor he turned out to be. No, that that's the power of hope, though. That's what hope does. Totally, totally. Uh, even, no matter, no matter what, what, no matter. So the teacher says that you're, you know, you know, you're mentally handicapped or whatever. That's just her opinion. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I was just thinking when I read the letter. I said anybody, anybody that crash shouldn't be teaching students anyway. For crying out loud, I mean, oh my goodness, I just, it's right. Hope is a, it, it's it's a, it's an amazing thing more than we'll ever know. And it is the great thing that believers have because of Christ. That's right. It's the hope that God will intersect our lives no matter where we are. And if we have the faith to walk into our Red Sea up to our nostrils or our Jordan River, up to our nose hole, as far as we can go and wait on the Lord, that's when he'll move on our behalf. Hope says after you've done all you can do, God will come and do what he can do. But it seems like it, it seems like that God meets us at the end of our want to or in at the end of our try to. And too many times we want him to come and we want it to be a smooth road with no problems or issues or whatever. But we fail to realize that in this journey of faith that we're on, God's not just trying to do something in the world. He's still he's still training and developing Christ in us. That's what you talked about, that grace from a Titus there a minute ago. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness as Christ is formed in us. And whatever God has called us to do, no matter what it is, in the process of that, he's going to form Christ in us well, more to- than he is already. Totally. That hope not only goes, like you said, right up to the bridle of the horse nostrils, but that hope uh, goes like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right into the fiery furnace saying God can deliver us, but if he doesn't, We'll still right. not bow because of the hope of eternal life, the hope that's exactly. in Jesus Christ. Exactly. You know, you I, know that, I think what exactly what speaks to that, you know, in in in, uh, in the Proverbs, it talks about uh, there's things that are like unsatisfied or unfulfilled, and and it's in there it talks about a woman who can't bear children. It talks about how that it, it compares it to the grave. I think it's interesting. It says the grave and then a woman that can't bear children. So it compares life and death in these two things here. And then, and then it goes to water and fire. But I, I was, as I was looking at this, I, I came to this woman that can't bear children. We understand that that's the emotional natural truth, but there's also a spiritual truth in every human being. God has written eternity in our hearts and our heart is the womb of our spirit. And just as a woman who can't bear children, literally lusts, for life to be in her womb, every person on the planet 
has eternity in their hearts, put there by God himself. It's like a hole in our soul that lusts for the spirit of God to fill that spot. And that that's what, that's what hope speaks to that spot. That's what every time we use, when we speak with hope with people, that spot in our soul lights up because that hope is the anchor of our soul. It's the only thing that can fill that. And Amen. so that's, and I think if we understood that, it would be much easier for us to talk to people about spiritual things because they're already hungry for it. They're just not hungry for our, our forms of godliness and our doctrinal stuff. They, we need to get turned on to the life of God, and he'll take care of that in them just like he took care of it in us. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program special guest today with me, Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church. Dixon, Illinois. I think we could say that the Bible definition of hope is a favorable expectation of the future. I'd like to say a Christian's definition of hope is far superior than that of the world. Instead of wishing or hoping for something to happen, a believer knows that their hope is solid, concrete, evidence, because it is grounded in the Word of God. We have hope. We will have victory. May God richly bless you. Tune in again tomorrow to the Warning Radio Program. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.